Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Okay, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is officially on the clock. Welcome back, everybody. Delighted to be with you. Now, if uh, if there was a title for this particular segment, it is Why Do Liberals Insist on Creating Problems? When they don't exist. If we could carve out of our consciousness all this phony baloney garbage that the left drums up, that they beat like a dead horse, our pinata that they've beaten to oblivion. Can you imagine just how nice, quiet your life would be? I know it sounds dreamy. Stories like the one I'm about to read to you, first of all, are indefensible. They are lazy, they are purposeful, and they underscore what I believe is really a rampant insecurity among a lot of people out there. Desperate for a byline, get my name out there, let me get a story published. This one is just wrong because the collateral damage is a little boy who happens to like the Kansas City Chiefs. Deadspin.com. Freely admit, not something I frequent, but okay. This is written by a dude named Karen. C-A-R-R-O-N. Karen. Karen. J. Phillips. Headline. The NFL needs to speak out about the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface. Native headdress. They're doubling up on the racism. Are you going to say anything? Roger Goodell, and there's a picture. And there's a picture of a boy. He's wearing a Chiefs jersey. He's got an Indian headdress on, a Chiefs headdress on. Oh, look at it. It's yellow and red, sort of like their colors. Huh. And it looks like his face is is painted black. We have a picture. For those of you who are watching our live video stream on the Wendy Bell Radio Network app, there it is. Right. 
NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and native headdress. They're doubling up on the racism, this Karan J. Phillips from Deadspin.com says. Are you going to say anything, Roger Goodell? Karan, I feel sorry for you, man. Because you're, you're on the prowl. You're hunting for something. You have a, a premeditated narrative in your mind. Maybe it's because you're black. I don't know. I know you're black, but I don't know if it's because of that, that you look at the world through those lenses, looking for reasons to be outraged, no matter how silly the reason is, and no matter if you're called out for being wrong, because it does take somebody who's got a modicum of integrity to backtrack and say, you know what? I was wrong. Because what, what happened in this? Well, we're going to show you the next picture. The next picture is of the boy who's actually taken front on. So forward. Oh, half of his face is black. Half of his face is red. It's part of the colors of the team. Karan J. Phillips. Huh. So according to this, this black author of this article, this little boy is disrespecting Native Americans by wearing the headdress. And then the black face and the red face, oh my gosh. That's so discriminatory and disgusting or so racist. My man, stop it. You're wasting our time. We've got actual issues to deal with. This is not one of them, but we will deal with it nevertheless. This is what the dude wrote. Takes a lot to be to disrespect two groups of people at once. But on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and the Native Americans at the same time. Is it was as if John Gruden's emails had come to life. Really? The image of Chiefs of a Chiefs fan in blackface wearing a native headdress during a road game leads to so many unanswered questions. Why did the camera person give this fan the attention? Why did the producer allow that camera angle to be aired at all? Is that fan a kid or a teenager or a young adult? Who cares? Despite their age, who taught that person that what they were wearing was appropriate? The answers to all of those questions lead back to the NFL. This guy writes, while it isn't the league's responsibility to stop racism and hate from being taught in the home. You know what? How is this any different than Benny Thompson taking that leap and saying, you know what? Anybody who came into Washington, D.C. on an airplane on January 6, 2021 is a white supremacist. Well, there were some black people there. Well, that's the white black face of white supremacy. Then are you people crazy or are they crazy? See, Trump derangement equals crazy. It's a little boy who was at the steel, who was at the uh, Chiefs game with his father. And you had to make something racial out of it. This is what ha- this is his article. This is what happens when you ban books 
stand against critical race theory and try to erase centuries of hate. You give future generations the ammunition they need to evolve and recreate racism better than before. So, unfortunately for this gentleman who sees a boy painting half of his face black and half of his face red because he loves his team, as hard as he's trying to create that little boy being a a racist, probably taught at home, parents probably have guns, probably drive a pickup truck, they have a Bible, they go church so stupid apparently the backlash for this cat hasn't been good should be sued into oblivion netizens of course that's what they call people online who are chirping comments to social media posts and stories such as this hack reporters not pleased about it controversy erupted when tv cameras captured a young kansas city chiefs fan wearing a native american headdress and face paint read to know why the netizens are upset well you know as well as i so these people come come on they push back they're like yo did you see the the frontal shot of his face he wasn't just wearing blackface the guy doubles down and says oh so he hates native americans with the red and black people with the black this is what you're telling me we cannot fix crazy sadly cannot fix crazy some of the responses were hilarious knock it off stop finding something where nothing exists this is the party this is the branch of chaos they need that storyline they need that that idea that they are victims that there's somebody who's always put their putting their finger on them putting their knee on their neck to keep them down not allow them to be who they want to be it's sad And I've said this from the beginning. When we found out that the IRS was going to have, what, 87,000 new bean counter schmucks walking around with guns to check out your $600 Venmos, right? They've put a pause on that till after the election, of course, because it doesn't make people feel happy. And Joe Biden needs all the help he can get. But that we're... We're wasting time on this idea of inherent victimhood. That you're always down. That no matter, no matter what you do, that is taught. That's not just spontaneous. This guy didn't just choke this out because he saw a little boy's picture. Would anybody look at a picture like that and see racism? No, unless you're racist yourself. And it's unfortunate that some of this author's past social media posts have come to light where he says he feels uncomfortable around white people my man you need to get help and i hope you get it and i hope in the meantime you stay off social media because you're a scourge and a danger and we are so tired of dealing with people like you all right when we come back let's talk about this a little bit It's almost like we've been through this gaslighting before. Remember Covington? Remember Nicholas Sandman? 
Oh, it's almost like they didn't learn their lesson. Next. So in the perfect update to this Kansas City Chiefs fan, little boy wearing a headdress. Oh, look at me. And he's got his face half painted in black, half painted in red. In an article entitled, The NFL Needs to Speak Out Against the Kansas City Chiefs Fan in Black Face and Native Headdress. Well, of course, as expected, the author, this Karan J. Phillips... He's doubled down now, eliminating any excuse that he had simply made a mistake. This is an update moments ago from RedState.com. This is what Karan J. Phillips tweeted. For the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I can make the argument that it makes it even worse. Y'all are the ones who hate Mexicans but wear sombreros on Cinco. <gasps> what? So apparently his past tweets haven't been really that great. Here's one that he posted on March 6th. I'm from Saginaw. Spent a lot of time in Flint. I've never seen this many white people in Flint in my life. It's dot, dot, dot concerning. What? So there's that guy in case you ever need to know who we're really dealing with. But let's not forget it was the Covington Catholic high school story that first told us how rampant this propaganda garbage narrative making and spinning is. What was the story? Some native guy look native playing some drums, whatever the heck he was doing. There was a, a smug looking white boy with a make America great again hat on and the media ran with this story like a son of a gun i think good morning america even had the native american guy there who lied who lied about what was going on yeah yeah i felt very threatened no you didn't you hack you walked over to him he was standing on the steps near the lincoln memorial with his high school class right and you went right up to him and everybody and his brother took out their cell phone and they started recording. And there the narrative went absolutely bananas. What happened to Nicholas Sandman? He was demonized. He got death threats. He couldn't go to school. He was called a racist. None of it was true. Why would we let the facts get in the way of our propaganda. And then what happened? He sued the everlasting liver out of them. And I personally hope Nicholas Sandman is a multi-multi-millionaire. CNN. This is CNN. They fell into it. Washington Post fell into it. All of them did. It's Gaslighting 101. Look, I might be 53 years old and journalism school back at the University of Colorado and my master's at the University of Missouri was more than 35 years ago. It was a long time. I'll give that to you. But I don't think the basic tenets of not sucking as a journalist have changed all that much. How about, number one, tell the truth but number two 
identify your own racist ways before you project through the lens of racism what somebody else's intention is. The Nicholas Sandman case, you would have imagined, would have taught enough of a lesson about gaslighting, about propaganda, about the message, about the need to tie Donald Trump together with anything that was even remotely racist or sexist or ist or obic. And try as they might, the 19 women who stepped forward, hey, he raped me, he, he sexually assaulted me in a dressing room. How many times are they going to try and fail before everyone is awake? The thing that's truly remarkable to me about the Nicholas Sandman story is that that gentleman, that man, Phillips was his name, went on national television and allowed the media to wrongly say Nicholas Sandman was a racist. Now, how do you take that back? How do you erase that from the headlines? How do, you, how do you scrap that from the internet? How do you restore that young man's reputation? Because for the rest of his life, he's gonna go out and someone will recognize his name. It was ad nauseum coverage for weeks. And in their eyes, Nicholas Sandman is a racist. He might be wrongly accused of that, but he managed to laugh his way all the way to the bank. Mr. Phillips, you might want to be a little concerned. Karan J. Phillips. I would be. All right, when we come back, Joe Scarborough, I, I kid you not, I don't know what happened to him. He's off the deep end, ladies and gentlemen. We need an intervention on aisle three. I got the details next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It sounds like a silly question, but if you have someone in your life who sees the world in a completely opposite way than you, and that means that they are a triggered leftist, you scratch your head the same way I do, because I don't see how you can go from zero to 100 in a fraction of a second. But if you ha try to have a meaningful conversation with a triggered leftist, there's just no conversation. It's straight to anger. It's straight to fighting. It's straight to yelling. And I always try to say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this is with people I love. Stop. Let's take the emotion out of it. Let's just strictly talk about facts. Let's talk about facts. I had one of these conversations with a family member, wanted to talk about guns. I just don't know why people need X number of kinds of guns. You need you need a gun that can that can shoot a hundred rounds in blah, 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 seconds. And I was like, well, it's not a gun of needs. It's a it's a bill of needs or it's a bill of rights. And your right is as an American uh, over the age of eighteen. If you don't have a criminal record, you could do whatever the hell you want with that. You can like it or not. Well, all these shootings, people kill. I'm like, does it guns don't kill people? People kill people. We have a problem with people. We don't have a problem with guns. We have a problem with people. I have a problem with you. You're one of those people. Sorry to tell you that, but that's why we don't talk that much. I know you've had these conversations. 
There's something weird, though, and I don't understand it. And it's not funny. It's not something I want to make fun of. It's not something I laugh at. I'm not like, ha ha, get a load of this. When you watch somebody on television have a literal meltdown and, and be crazy over over one person, Donald Trump, I, I don't understand what it is about, about him in particular that gets so many leftists just out of their minds. They, they become crazy people. Joe Scarborough, MSNBC, a fine example. This is not a, a dullard. Uh, He likes to fancy himself a quote-unquote conservative. He's not, obviously. If you paid attention to this program, which I hope you don't because it's awful, but you need to hear what these people who are alleged journalists, like what happened to journalism? What happened to covering the news? Don't tell me your opinion about who's doing what and who's doing this. I'm an opinion person. I host my own show. I own my own radio network so that I can without getting censored or silenced or put in Facebook jail or put in timeout or what have you. I can say what I think is right. And if you agree with me or not, you have the opportunity to listen in or not. These folks, guys, I got two Joe Scarborough sound bites and one Claire McCaskill. She's not just drinking the Kool-Aid. She's manufacturing it. She's in the back. She's got the measuring equipment out. She's making it. Troughs of it. Oh, let's go. Crazy. And you need to hear about this. These are these people. This is what they say. This is what they say to the people who pay attention to them. Okay? Joe Scarborough, number one, he's going to tell you that, and this is Trump derangement syndrome. It's real. It's a real thing. Not funny. He's going to say the world could spiral into World War III if it wasn't because of the experience, the knowledge, the strength, the mm, magic of Joe Biden. What? And as you listen to this, I want you to try to figure out exactly whom Is he trying to convince the other panelists who are in a very awkward six-way box on the screen? Who is it? Himself? I don't know. Audio soundbite one. The crisis we're going through right now where the world could really spiral into World War III, but it's not because a guy who's actually had 50 years of experience. It shows the contrast between a guy obsessed with marketing his brand, a guy obsessed with gestures, A guy who governed by gesture versus, well, Joe Biden, who has 50 years of experience. And when a deal goes sideways on the hostages, he can pick up the phone. He can call. He can get it done. When he meets with President Xi in a critical meeting, he can actually they 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 have experience you know, they've got over a decade of experience working with each other when both of them were number two in their countries. Experience matters. Who are you, uh, honestly, Joe, who are you trying to to sell this idea that, that Joe Biden, he's got the experience, he's got the calm. He's not trying to, he's not obsessing over marketing his brand. No, he's just obsessing over staying out of prison. But I mean, honest to goodness, Donald Trump, you think that's a negative that he has a brand? He has a brand that's worth billions of dollars. He has a brand that makes the left get butt hurt. His brand, his wealth, his success, his family, his ability to turn things into magic, his rock star status when he can walk into a fight or into a a college football game and have the entire place go absolutely nuts. 
Joe Scarborough, if if Joe Biden walked into any of those venues, what would be the response? Because you know as well as I what it would be. Boo! And then a, a rounding, rousing chorus of Let's Go Brandon, right? Scarborough's not done yet, though. Because he's going to try to create this illusion that Joe Biden, despite all of these, you know, he can't, he doesn't know where he is. He walks into the hedges. He needs Easter Bunny, et cetera, et cetera. You know the stories that he is light years ahead of Donald Trump. I don't even know where Donald Trump is. His mind is so wacky. But that's that Joe Biden. He's laser focused, man. I tell you what, he is, he is something special. Number two. It makes me so angry when people are talking about Oh, Joe Biden, he's out of it. He's this. No, he's not. On Joe Biden's worst day, he's light years ahead of Donald Trump (laughs) on policy, on politics, on diplomacy. I'm sorry. I should not be giggling over Joe Scarborough as he's lying to us. That's called gaslighting. But I honestly believe Joe Scarborough thinks it's it's true. He hates Donald Trump so much he's going to will himself to believe that it's true. Okay. Now we're going to bring in. This is your favorite. Yes. This is. This takes the cake. Claire McCaskill is a special slice of crazy. And I just want, she takes that Trump derangement ball and she's going to run, my man. She's running. She doesn't care who's in front of her. She's blasting through everybody. This is the beautiful part about why Congress sucks. She's going to try to tell you that Joe Biden, he's got clarity. Trump doesn't even know where he is. Like, what's he doing? Where's his mind? He's fallen apart. The guy is a shambles. What? Where are you getting this, Claire? Right? Go. There's no question about that. And frankly, in on mental capabilities, um, you know, yeah. the ageism thing is really look at the way Donald Trump behaves. Who is more unstable? Who is the one who, frankly, doesn't know where he is part of the time, doesn't know who he's running against, doesn't know what what year it is, doesn't know uh, world leaders and what countries they're from? Um, it is really, if you isolate his comments and look at them objectively, he is the one who is suffering from a problem related to declining ability in later life. Not Not Joe Biden. Now, if she can... As a retired former congresswoman, if she can lie with such ease, with with not even batting her eye, and the panelists, they're looking straight at the camera. They're like, seriously, is she is, is this for real? Joe Biden, Claire, needs a cheat sheet. To know where he's supposed to stand on a stage. And then needs to know which of the reporters he, he can call on. Because they've been cherry-picked to ask very specific questions. Claire, Joe Biden has been lost for years. And isn't it unfortunate that that's the best that you've got? It sucks to be you. Sucks worse to be Brian Stelter. I'm sorry, I've got to do it. (laughs) Sometimes I come home and my cheeks, they hurt. I'm like, I need to ice my cheeks because we smile so much. Former C, it shouldn't be this much fun. Former CNN host Brian Stelter's new book about Fox News. 
flops in the first week. First of all, does anybody care about Fox News? I don't. I haven't paid attention to Fox News since 2020. The date exactly, November 3rd. Why? And with 6% of the vote, Arizona goes to Joe Biden. Say what? (laughs) Former CNN host Brian Stelter's newly released book about Fox News has flopped. Poor guy. He's trying so hard. He's like Chris Christie, right? We can't get rid of him. Just stop. Stelter promoted his book, Network of Lies. (laughs) with the expectation of achieving great success among critics of Fox News. But the book sales have turned out to be a disappointment with less than, you ready? Less than 4,000 sold copies. That's more than Joe Biden's book, books, which we did a deep dive on when he all of a sudden made a magical $10 million on his amended 2017 tax return. And they tried to tell us, oh, it's from that fantastic book he read that, that wrote that everybody lined up to get. I'm like, funny, not only did I not see a single Biden-Harris bumper sticker or T-shirt or hat during 2020, <laughs> I sure as hell don't know anybody dumb enough to read one of his books, really. The 3,080s, wait a minute. The 3,087 copies sold thus far is significantly lower than the sales of his previous book, Hoax, which sold 20,000 in the first week. The book sales have turned out to be a disappointment. Three, that, less than 4,000 is a generous number. (laughs) How about slightly more than 3,000? 3,087. Look, if I wrote a book, Would I be selling thousands of copies either? Probably not. But he's such a turd. And sometimes it's okay to just say (laughs) that man right there is a relentless turd. (laughs) And America would be better off if he just sort of slithered away and took Claire McCaskill with him. (laughs) There you go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, don't go anywhere. First, I got to tell you something about this. Should cars have built-in Speed limits. Well, you know how I feel about that. We're going to talk about that and something about Jeff Bezos and his half trillion dollar yacht. (laughs) Wait for it. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right. So headline Breitbart researchers Jeff Bezos $500 million super yacht generates 7,000 tons of carbon emissions yearly. I have no idea what that means. One, I know it's a lot of money. Half of a billion. I might have said trillion before. That'd be one hell of a boat. This is half of a a billion dollars, $500 million. Super yacht generates 7,000 tons of carbon emissions yearly. I guess that works out to be what something along the tune of 500 of us would collectively emit in our carbon footprint in an annual basis. Of course, the guy is, he's going to be a major polluter. Let's see what's on this, this ship, okay? I don't care. I really don't care. Hey, hats off to you. If you're a gazillionaire, right? If you're a gazillionaire, good for you. Half a billion dollars is an unthinkable <laughs> amount of money for the average person. For But Jeff Bezos, it's just a small fraction of the $75 billion that he gained in 2020 alone. 
you know, pandemic, once in a lifetime global pandemic can do a lot for a man's business, right? Amazon stock, this and that, yada, yada. He and his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez, got engaged, traveled the world. He's polluting the planet with this huge thing that's got, I mean, it's giant. It's got support yachts that go around it, all this staff, everybody's carbon footprint. This dude is choking the environment with all of the that he's putting out there, right? 7,000, whatever that means. It's supposed to be a lot. Ooh. I find it very interesting. There's this justification among people who are on the left, who want to tell you how to live your life, who want to restrict your ability to do what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, right? There's this weird moral equivalence to them, but I do so much good. I give so much money. Those two things should negate each other. I should have carte blanche to do whatever the Sam Hill I want because I do fill in the blank. It's exactly what Jeff Bezos says. This is what John Kerry says. This is what Bill Gates says when asked about flying everywhere. Everybody's flying to Davos, Starling. I didn't get my ticket, sorry. And they're all flying in their private jets to talk about how we, the plebes, are destroying the planet. Well... I have to fly up my private jet. Do you know how, do you know how important I am? It's just, it's gross. It's, you know what it is? It's the equivalent on a much more, on a much bigger pay scale of someone putting a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard. It's one thing that says, hey, all of you people who are going through the neighborhoods and you're Destroying property because you're in a Black Lives Matter protest rage. Here's my sign that says, I'm really down with your struggle. Please leave my pansies alone, right? It's also a sign. I'm such a good person. I see your struggle. Word. Power. Ew. You don't have to tell people those things. And why am I fussy about this particular story about Jeff Bezos and his yacht? I don't care that the guy's rich. Be rich. Whatever. It's called capitalism. Go be you. Just stay the hell out of my life. NBC, NBCnews.com. Headline. Should cars have built-in speed limits? Some think it's time. No, they don't. They really don't. This is going to be... Seven people died at this intersection last year. So we're going to put up a roundabout. We're going to put all these stupid cones. We're going to paint all over the sidewalk. We're going to make this a bike lane. We're going to change the flow of traffic. It's all for the greater good. We're so great. No, you suck. Don't Don't get in my car. Don't get in my bedroom. Don't climb into my washing machine and try to take out the agitator because of climate change. Don't take away my stove. Don't take away my ceiling fan. Don't think that I'm going to buy a stupid electric car because you want me to because I think they look stupid anyway. Now, a hybrid I can get behind. That's that's reasonable. Should cars have built in speed limits? The National Traffic Safety Board recommends that all new vehicles come equipped with technology to make speeding difficult or impossible. Who decides what speeding is and who decides whether you've crossed that limit? Because that probably involves you being on some kind of a grid. 
National Traffic Safety Board has recommended that all new automobiles come equipped with technology meant to make speeding difficult or impossible. A move that comes after an accident in Las Vegas, wait for it, killed nine people. Oh, by all means, then. Let's change how everybody does their thing. That's the left. They create chaos. They create problems that don't exist. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to drink and drive. People are going to lose their minds. And whether they have a gun or a knife or what have you, they're going to hurt and kill other people. We can't legislate people's brains. So stop, stop trying to restrict everything that we do. It's the second such recommendation from the NTSB in six years. But road safety advocates are not optimistic about the technology's adoption, despite being a a common factor in auto fatalities. You can't bubble wrap your way through life. And it's not even about that. It's about power. It's about controlling what you do. It's about controlling where you find your information, what you're allowed to say, how you're allowed to travel, whether or not you've obeyed, you've acquiesced to their request of continual vaccine and boosting, rinse and repeat. Oh no, a new variant. All of it is connected. Take away your freedom, take away your voice, put you on the government dole. Sounds like freedom. It's so weird that Donald Trump is winning right now, isn't it? (laughs) Who would have thought? Great to be with you. Remember Wendy Bell Radio Network app and Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Join us. Until tomorrow, peace.